Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, I do feel like, like I said, that the Holy Spirit gave me a word that's specifically for us tonight. And I was thinking, you know, when you read through the New Testament, through the epistles, Paul's letter to all the churches, he starts it off by saying like, I, Paul, a bondservant of the Lord, like I write this letter to the church at, at Ephesus, to the church at Galatia, to the church at all of the places, Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica. And then, you know, I write this letter to Timothy. I write this letter to Titus. I write this letter to Philemon or Philemon, if you say it the wrong way. <laughs> I have no idea how you actually say that word. But he gave specific instructions that he received from the Lord Jesus to a specific church for a specific time because of what was going on in the house of God in that age. And so we can look through all those books and learn so many things because we are the church. But I feel tonight if... You know, if I could say one thing introing the message, I feel like it's, um, I write this letter tonight to the church in Eastlake. I write this letter tonight to Awaken Church, Eastlake Campus, and it's for us, and it's a word from the Lord. And, you know, we are in an interesting season. Annika, you alluded to it, like you said, if you've been around for any of the past months, you've recognized we are in a transition season. And, you know, we started this incredible construction project incredible vision to build this stadium seating. It's going to be the largest auditorium we have in all of Awaken Church. It's going to seat the most people. We're going to have like Hero and Twisted and really, you know, big name speakers that the community can come and hear. Like we've had Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens and all these people up in San Marcos. And what happens when we have those speakers is the community comes, they'll come to an event like that. And then they're like, oh, this church is pretty cool. Maybe I'm going to bring my family on Sunday. And so the church is growing and growing and growing. And so there's so much vision for what our campus is going to look like in a few short months. But we are in the in-between. We're in the waiting. We are in the trusting in God, the believing. And I'm actually so proud of us for being here tonight. I'm so proud of all of our team. I'm proud of our kids' church team. I'm proud of us for just weathering this transition. I mean, not to be too spiritual, but I guess we can in church. Um, but I feel like we're the children in the, the, that are wandering in the wilderness. You know, we know the promised land. It's right over there. We can see it. We can almost touch it. Um, but I feel like in this season, what's happening in the church is also happening in our own lives. And if we were honest, uh, we could look inward and say, there's some transition that we're going through. There's some processes. There's some transformation that's happening. You know, we're not where we were in the Ashley furniture with the flat seats and the big open room with no atmosphere. But in all the blue walls, I'm, I'm really hoping we're not going to have those blue walls. I really think we're not. You know, we're not where we used to be, but we're not yet into the big auditorium where we're going to host all these amazing people in our city, and we're going to launch Coronado, and we're going to take territory on Orange Avenue in Coronado and put a stake in the ground in this region, saying we're not going to give up on what God has promised us. We're not yet there, but we're in the middle. And so tonight, the title of the message is New Wine, State of Mind. And... 
This comes from Matthew chapter nine, and it's when Jesus has stepped into his ministry and he starts, you know, performing miracles and he's, his, the disciples are following him and the religious people of the day, the, the disciples of John the Baptist, um, they're beginning to kind of watch what Jesus is doing and they're very confused because they've never seen anything like this. And so they come to Jesus and they, they've been fasting and they've been doing all these traditions and these outward things to get close to God. And they come to Jesus and they say like, why are we all fasting? Why are we all doing these things? But your disciples, they're like living the best life, like partying it up. You're eating and you're drinking and you're sitting at the table together and you're, you're dining with sinners and you're going into people's homes. And here we are doing all of these things. Like, why, why does this look different? And he says some interesting things about like, you know, you're fasting at this time. Let me just take it a little step back. At this time, um, the religious people, their only way to God was outward customs and practices and the law. So they lived under the law and they thought, if I do all these things right, if I keep all the commandments, if I perform all the rituals and all the sacrifices, then I'm gonna be good with God. I'm gonna have access to God. And that is literally the only paradigm they had of who God was. And so they're seeing this new thing and they're like, I don't know how I feel about this. They're confused, they're very skeptical, they're pretty uncomfortable and they're not sure if this is actually the Messiah. They're saying, are you the one or is there another one? Because I've never seen anything like this. And he says, you know, you can fast all you want, but you're fasting to get close to God when I'm right here. So my disciples are enjoying my presence. They're sitting at my feet. They're hearing my teachings. And you think that you're gonna get it by doing all these outward rituals. And so this very um, critical moment in history is happening. And it's like, they're starting to understand what God is doing. And so he says in Matthew 9, Jesus always spoke in parables when he was outside of the temple. So in the temple, he taught the scriptures, but when he was outside, he would teach in stories and parables that people would understand in that day. So this was in the cultural context at the time. This made, this made sense to everybody, but I'm gonna break it down tonight so that it makes sense to us. But Matthew 9, 17, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. And so what he's saying, the new wine represents the move of the Holy Spirit. The new wine represents what the Spirit of God is doing now. And it's different and it feels uncomfortable and it's like they're skeptical. They're not sure. They've never seen anything like this. But he's saying... so. I'll break down the new wine. In those times, they didn't have wine bottles. They didn't have beautiful glass bottles with beautiful labels and corks like we do now, but they had animal skins that they stored wine in. And so they would pour immature wine into these wine skins and it would begin to ferment and it would begin to expand. And then if it was an old wine skin that was already stretched to its capacity, it would break and the wine would be lost. So what he's saying is when I'm doing something new, you can't look at it with an old wine, with an old wine skin, with an old mindset, with an old framework. I know you've never seen this before. I know this doesn't make sense. I know this is confusing, and I know you're a little bit concerned. But if you're gonna understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in this time, we can't look at it through an old lens of what we used to know or an old paradigm where God is saying, I'm about to do a new thing. And um, you know, the new wine, it represents a new anointing 
represents new territory, new vision, new authority, a move of God, and a new way of doing things. And one thing that is for sure, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you become a Christian, you start your journey with following God, you are gonna have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to step into something new because we're not meant to stay the same. We're not meant to stay. How we come to God is never how we're meant to stay, especially at a church like Awaken where it's not just, you know, I used to not understand this, but I would I was a part of other churches and everything was like souls and we're gonna go save souls and we're gonna pray for souls. And then people would come and like Jesus is the only person who can save someone's soul. So he's like, I already wanna do that guys. Like I'm gonna do that. And then they'd get saved and then we'd never see them again. And we're like, but we had 500 souls and who knows where they are. But like we have a mandate from God to actually make disciples. That's the great commission, not just to save souls or have that one moment encounter that's the beginning. But there's this process of transformation, of discipleship, of growth that God wants to do when we come into a relationship with him. So Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. Ooh, I like that. Makes me want that glass of wine. Um, It says, so the precursor to this passage is they're rehearsing all of the things that God did for the children of Israel and all these miracles, all these signs. He parted the Red Seas. He delivered us from the hands of our oppressors. And then it says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I feel like the Holy Spirit saying that to us tonight. Like I am about to do something new. You've seen miracles, you've seen signs, you've seen wonders, you've seen God work in your life. You've seen answered prayers. You've seen pieces of what he's done, but he says, forget all that because it's nothing in comparison to what I'm about to do in your life, what I'm about to do in your marriage, what I'm about to do in your finances, what I'm about to do in this city, what I'm about to do in the region of Southern California, in Salt Lake City, in Boise, Idaho, it's nothing compared to what the Holy Spirit is about to do. But the thing is, we already talked about it, we can't receive what the Holy Spirit's about to do with an old mindset and an old way and an old pattern and an old blueprint because not only does it burst the wine, burst the wineskin, but the wine is lost. And so all of us are meant to carry this new wine. We're meant to carry the vision. We're meant to carry the dreams, the purposes, the promises of God. We're meant to step into new territory. We're meant to take territory back from the enemy. We're meant to prosper. We're meant to be blessed. We're meant to be all these things. But if we put that blessing in an old wineskin, the blessing is gonna be lost. And so when it comes to, you know, just even our church, even this building, if God were to give us, everything that he has planned just across the fountain there right now, not only would the wineskin burst, but the harvest would be lost. And so I, you know, just as a leader in this church, as a pastor in this church, as just someone who is a part of what God is doing here in Eastlake, I wanna lean in and I wanna say, God, make me a new wineskin so that we can receive everything that you're about to do. So this is for the church, but this is also for our own lives. So to receive the new wine, We must be the following things. So we're gonna go over three points tonight that I feel like are keys to making sure that we can receive everything that God has for us. And the first one, point number one, we must be flexible to change. Pastor Mike says, 
Blessed are the flexible, for they will never be bent out of shape. And I said, amen. And that's a good word for us right now in this season. It's not in the Bible. It's in the message version. But, um, you know, oftentimes when God is doing something new, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit slow to understand where I kind of feel like something is changing. I feel like something is shifting, but I'm not really sure. And if I don't have like my spiritual senses locked into the word and spending time with God, I might misinterpret the signs and the signals. And so one of the things I found um, just in journeying in my relationship with God is that when God is doing something new in your life, you'll always feel pressure. And so pressure is very uncomfortable for us, for all of us. I don't really think there's anyone in the room that would say, I just love pressure. I love that feeling of being under pressure and feeling like I am about to break. And you know, I've, I've gone through seasons where I've just felt tremendous pressure and stress and frustration and tension and friction and all of these things. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, is something wrong in my life? Like, do I need to go do something different? Do we need to make a change? Like, are we doing the right thing? And, you know, did we miss it? Did we get it wrong? Because it feels so uncomfortable that we want to get out of it, right? We want to like pull back from it. Like, this is too much. But, you know, we get pressure at work, pressure in our marriage, a little bit of friction sometimes. And all the married people said, amen very quietly it's because your spouse is right next to you. But um, we get it in our relationships, our friendships. And to be honest, in ministry, we start to feel pressure. And so, you know, when the new wine goes into this vessel, this animal skin, which by the way, if you haven't caught on yet, we are the vessel. We are the, the skin that the, the wine is going into. Um, when it begins to ferment, it begins to expand. And so as it expands, it creates pressure within the wineskin, and this is what causes the skin to burst. So as I'm breaking that down, I felt the Holy Spirit say, expansion causes pressure. It's biblical. We could, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. We know that when expansion comes in our life, there's a little bit of pressure. But I thought, wow, what a perfect picture of what is happening in some of our lives where we're feeling pressure and it feels uncomfortable and it feels like something is wrong, but it's God who is doing a new thing. It's God who's putting like ordinary grape juice into a vessel and in the process of fermentation, you're feeling expansion, you're feeling pressure, but it's so that you can stretch and accommodate what God is wanting to do with that wine. But if we're an old wineskin, we're already stretched to capacity. We don't know how to be flexible. We don't know how to change. We burst under the pressure and the blessing is lost. But, you know, recently we stepped into overseeing Pathfinders here um, in our San Diego region. I love our campus because it is full of so many Pathfinders. And Vanessa Lee, I literally don't think you could have explained it any better. That was, you know, it's one of those, it's a little bit of a mystery. And everyone's like, ooh, do you have to be a business owner? Do I have to like, you know, be in the finance world? And it's literally for anyone who wants to level up, who, anyone who doesn't want to be mediocre. And I'm like, if we did an altar call right now, who wants to be mediocre? nobody would raise their hand. It's more comfortable. There's less pressure, but nobody really wants to be mediocre. And, you know, when we took this role, at first I said no, because I've been through enough ministry transitions that I knew this means more. This means more responsibility, more pressure. And this means that I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to be flexible. I'm going to have to go through a process of growing so that I can receive and contain what God wants to do with this ministry. So first I said no. And then I said no, knowing that I was going to say yes, but I just needed to say no 
for a minute to feel good. And then I said, yes. And, you know, people would say, oh my gosh, congratulations on Pathfinders. That's so amazing. What an honor. And it absolutely is. But I know that this means more pressure. And sure enough, we step into a new ministry and suddenly we're like, oh, there's new wine coming. The Holy Spirit's doing something new. And Marco and I, we, we plugged into a ministry and suddenly we can see so many things and we can see the future and we can see what the Holy Spirit's about to do and we can feel that the new wine is coming and that there's a new wave and a new generation and a new way that God's about to do things with our conferences and just, just everything in our church. And if we weren't careful, we would have kept the old wineskin. We could keep doing things the same way we've always done them, how we've always known them to be done, and it would not have worked. And so what we feel most often though, it's just a ton of pressure and a ton of friction and a ton of trying to work out, okay, I feel it expanding. I feel it changing. I feel you turning this ordinary thing into something that is supernatural, but it's definitely a pressure point. And, you know, I was thinking about our amazing kids church in this season of transformation where our church, you know, has this almost the same amount of kids as it does adults. So when you, one of the main reasons we had to remodel that building is because we ran out of room for our kids. So it's like, we could grow, but only with people that don't have kids because there's no room for any of them. And so we knew we had to do it because we're like, we have a mandate from God to create a place and an altar where families can come and be transformed. And so we're gonna do it. We're gonna stretch, we're gonna invest, we're gonna you know, stretch in vision builders and we're gonna make room for the new wine. But our kids church, in this process of transition, in the new thing that is gonna be amazing, and it, it already is, but it's gonna be more amazing, they've had to stretch, they've had to pivot. The leaders have felt pressure, you know, I'm, I'm not quoting Ruth and Jorge, but I can only imagine that there's been a little bit of pressure trying to set up. There she is back there, Ruth. You're our hero, our ch real church hero. Just discipling our kids. I love it. Um, but, you know, we've got to set up um, classrooms in the back and trailers, and then we don't just set them up. Well, we got to decorate them. we got to make them beautiful. We have to work out this way so that families feel comfortable going to the back, and then, oh, but then the older kids are going to go over here, and then, you know, oh, we need a golf cart, and then, oh, we need a concierge, and, you know, the team has had to be flexible in order to sustain the pressure of the new wine, and I feel like when, whenever we're presented with the new, whether it's just in our life. I'm using the church as an example because it's easy tonight for us to, to kind of catch it, but I want you to think about your own life. As you go through a transition or there's an opportunity for something new, or maybe you know, you're just feeling like, oh yeah, this is why I've had a little bit of pressure. This is why I felt some friction. God's about to do something new. And I feel like every time we go through that, we um, are presented with a choice to either keep the old way, keep the old way of thinking, keep the comfortable, keep the old mindset, which the scripture tells us we're only gonna break. We're gonna break under the pressure. If we're brittle, we're gonna break under the pressure of expansion and it's gonna be lost or we can choose to flex and to stretch and to grow. So breaking under pressure looks a little bit like you might find yourself thinking or saying things like, well, this is how I've always done it. 
I'm really uncomfortable with this. Like, you know, people are telling me new things and I don't like it because this is the way that I think it should be. And, you know, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I know. Or maybe a little bit of an attitude of it is my way or the highway because you're feeling the pressure, you're feeling the fear, you're feeling the heat, you're feeling the expansion and you're saying, I don't know about this, I'm out. I'm gonna do it my way or we're not gonna do it at all. But flexing, on the other hand, looks like saying things like, you know what? I'm gonna grow into this. You might be offered a new position at work or an opportunity to take new territory and to move your family into your dream home, for instance. And there's a temptation like to pull back from that opportunity, even though it's like, this is what I've been praying for, what I've been believing for. Someone asked me to serve in an area or be a part of a ministry or lead something that I just, I can't even believe that I'm here in church, but let alone being a leader. And it feels scary, but you can say, you know what? I can grow into this. Or um, I'm gonna lean in to the pain. I'm gonna renew my thinking. I'm gonna look for ways to develop and change and I'm gonna be open to doing things differently. And this is like what the disciples of John the Baptist and the religious people of the day, like they were missing what God was doing because they could not get out of their own way with an old mindset, an old way of thinking and they could not become a new wineskin. So they were missing out on the miracle that was right in front of them. And I think, how often do we do that? You know, we moved into our dream home last year. We've shared the story. It's like a miracle, absolute miracle God story. Um, And we expanded our territory. It was like, you know, bigger than our house before. We had like some land and it was all these things that we dreamt of and put on our vision board and just envisioned raising our kids in a home like this. But not only did our mortgage triple, I think it tripled, quadrupled, something, something more than before. Um, And we were like, okay, we're crunching the numbers. We're figuring this out. We're going in faith. We know God presented us with the new. He's like, here's the new wine. Here's what I want you to do. Here's where I'm taking you. Here's the territory I want to give you. So we had faith to get into that. But then we realized um, it wasn't just triple the mortgage, but it was triple the bills, right? It's triple the utilities. It's triple the maintenance. It's triple all the things. Um, it's triple the appliances breaking down and needing to, you know, take care of all the stuff in this new territory. And I can say that there was a season that the expansion it almost broke us. And we started to talk for, it was probably a couple days. We were at a low point, okay? We all have those moments, so don't judge me. But we're like, you know, last year we're like, and God gave us the miracle house. And it was just, you know, we're celebrating and we're having everybody over. And then we're like, oh God, it's the end of the month. And why did we buy this house? Um, and, you know, Marco comes out and he's like, we're having this, this low moment. And I'm sitting on the couch and he kept coming around the corner and he's like, so what do you think we'd list it for? And I'm like, just go away, just go away. We're not having this conversation. And then the next day I'm like on Zillow looking at like other places, how I can downsize, how I can, you know, pull back because it was too much pressure. The pressure to have faith, to sustain the new that God was giving me almost broke me because I was using an old wineskin. The expansion almost broke us and we had to learn to live in the stretch. And as a believer, I feel like there's, there's no way around this portion of what God does in our life. You know, we can stay small, we can stay mediocre, we can stay where we were, but we're never gonna receive what God has for us unless we learn how to stay steadfast in the stretch. So we had to make some changes 
We had to be flexible. We had to renew our thinking. We had to change the way that we did our finances. We had to look at things dollar by dollar and cut some things. We had to lean down in some areas. We had to um, exercise self-control in the area of spending to be able to sustain the new wine. And it you know, if we didn't change the way that we handled our money in this season, I really feel like the new wine that God has for us in the future, because I don't believe God is done with us. Come on. Every time we step into something new, it's not the end. It's just the next step. It's just the next step on the journey. But I believe God has more for us. But if we didn't renew our mind, if we didn't change how we operated in something practical, like our finances, if God were to give us more, not only would it break the wineskin, us, it would have cracked us, but we would have lost the blessing. We would have spilled these resources that God wanted to funnel through us for kingdom purposes because we were just operating in an old operating system. Point number two, commitment to mature. To receive the new wine, we have to make a commitment to mature. So maturity means fully developed, or another word that is not next to it in the dictionary, but in my mind it makes sense, is to be transformed. The life of a Christian, for those that maybe are newer or you know still in that beginning stage of your journey or you need a little bit of encouragement to know that you're normal today, the life of a Christian is over and over and over putting yourself on the potter's wheel and saying, God, transform me. And I would like to say that there's a moment where you arrive and you are just full of faith and you've just got it going on and you're fully mature and you're just so godly and you never have a bad day and you never feel pressure and you never are lacking faith. But it is a constant journey of saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to transform me. And that's actually a healthy Christian. Maybe you feel like, what the heck is wrong with me that I'm needing? You know, I used to think when I first came to the church, I'm like, why do I have so many issues? And like, Lore and Adrian don't, you know? Like, they're just like so awesome. And like, why am I such a mess, you know? And they were maybe a little further down the road in their transformation journey. And I used to think it was just me, but everybody in this room at any given day, any given Sunday is in the process of transformation, of becoming more and more who God wants us to be. And it's going through the refiner's fire. These are not comfortable processes that the Bible talks about. I don't know about you, but being refined in a fire sounds a little bit intense. It's pruning. There's so many, we don't have time today to get into all these references, but it talks about the, the master gardener who prunes us so that we bear more fruit. Pruning is cutting, tearing away of something that we thought we wanted or thought we needed, but God knows it's molding us like that lump of clay on the potter's wheel that gets slammed down over and over and over and it gets pushed and it gets stretched and it's spinning, you know, I'm thinking of the scene from Ghost and that's all I know about pottery. But I'm thinking, you know, this, this doesn't feel comfortable, but this is the process of God shaping us to be like Christ. And I do feel that we are cheating a little bit in the church because when you're in the church, you are on a fast track of transformation. What can happen in this house, and I you know, wanna say like six months time, if you were to put yourself in the soil of Awakened Church, if you were to surrender to the process and the transformation of God, you could be a completely different person in six months. And if you're trying to go out and just live life and you know, I don't need church, I don't need anybody, I just have my own relationship with God and I'm just doing my own thing, 
saying, I would say I could visit you in six years and you might look mildly the same. You might, you know, have a little bit of, you might not be a total disaster, but I can say, I really don't believe we can become everything God's called us to become outside of a community like this. And I know this because Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13 It'll be up on the screen. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So on our journey of transformation and maturity, God will use people to help us mature. This is also very uncomfortable because I would like to say, I'm gonna go home and I'm just gonna handle it all myself and I'm never gonna run into an awkward conversation or a, you know, a person that makes me feel uncomfortable and I'm just gonna take care of it all myself. But that is not how God designed it. We need teachers, we need pastors, we need prophetic words. We need to be in community with other people who can help us become who we're meant to become. Scriptures like iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen another, the countenance of another. That's not comfortable. Have you ever sharpened a knife? I mean, I haven't sharpened iron, but I've maybe sharpened a Cutco knife and some sparks fly. It gets a little intense. It's not like this, you know, we're just gonna massage beautiful things and then we will all mature. It's like intense. Um, it comes in the form of confronting and challenging conversations that are often the subject of those conversations is often what we call blind spots. And we use this word a lot in church. And it actually, I love it because a blind spot is something you can't see. If you, you, you can't know what you don't know. If you can't see it, how can you fix it? How can you mold? How can you change? How can you flex if you can't see it? You need somebody, not who's like, you know, the televangelist online who's telling you what you need to do, but someone who's in your life, who can see the blind spots, who can see the, the lack of maturity at times, the things that are keeping us from becoming who God wants us to be. It's gotta be someone we're close to. It's gotta be someone that we're walking with, that we're, you know, in connect group with or in friendship with, or that we've opened up to that really knows us. But it's our responsibility to mature. This isn't something that the Holy Spirit's just gonna like, you know, force on you. Or like he's just, you're gonna have one moment on the altar and you're now mature. But this is a commitment to mature that we have to decide. And, you know, over the last um, probably eight months, I mean, I've been maturing my whole life. I'm still maturing. But the last eight months have been a little bit more of an intensive process of maturity for me personally. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me last fall, where I'm taking you would crush you if I gave it to you now. And it's the wineskin. If I were to do the new thing and put it into the you that exists right now with all of its stuff and all of its immaturity, it would crush you. And the blessing that is on your life and the anointing that's on your life and the calling that's on your life would be lost if I gave it to you now. But it was up to me to decide to mature. I had to say yes to the confronting conversations. I had to open my ear when someone needed to tell me something that was feedback that I needed to hear. And, you know, I know that one of the biggest sharpening agents in our life is gonna be our spouse also highly uncomfortable. I'd rather it be some really sweet friend that just 
ties a little bow on it, but it's not usually like that, right? Like we know, and they don't always say it perfect and neither do we. And so we just kind of, what's wrong with you? Or like, hey, like, I don't know what's going on here, but there's something you need to work that out, you know? And Marco has started to say the most beautiful words and I hated it in the beginning, but I receive it now. And he would tell me in a moment where my, it's like my immaturity was showing. And he would say, babe, can I speak into your life? And I would calm down and I would say, yes, you can. And first I used to say, well, it depends on what it is. <laughs> it depends on if it's gonna make me mad. <laughs> but if it's, <laughs> you know, then I started to say yes, because I knew that God was doing something new. The Holy Spirit wanted to do something new in my life and I could not sustain it, contain it, preserve it in the me that I was in that moment. I had to mature. I had to go through the process of transformation. And there's so much I wanna say, but we're running out of time and I really wanna pray for people. But I want you to know God is faithful to send the right people into your world that know how to sharpen you. We just need to say yes. And you know, immature people, when they're confronted or you know, in love, somebody says, hey, I've just noticed, you know, an example would be, it's not like we're um, on a witch hunt and running around being the police and, you know, criticizing everybody. Oh, that's a blind spot. Oh, that's an issue. You got to fix that. Like, that's not a healthy church, okay? That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about someone who knows us, who loves us, who cares enough to have an uncomfortable conversation. Because I can tell you as a pastor, I, it is not like I want to do these things. It's not that I want to, you know, invite you to coffee and share something that the Holy Spirit showed me that I know is my responsibility, according to Ephesians 4. It's their responsibility to build up the church and to equip God's people to do the work He's created for them. So it's in love and it's in a responsibility, like a holy, sacred responsibility of, hey, I've noticed like every time you know, something good is about to happen in your life, you start to say negative things about it and you start to pull back and you start to say, it's not for me. And you, I really feel like you might have like a stronghold of fear in your life and God keeps trying to bless you, but you keep trying to pull away. And thank God that someone would love us enough to tell us something like that, that they didn't, wouldn't just like watch us walk off a cliff in our life and say, well, I, I just didn't want to bother you or I didn't want to tell you you were going the wrong way. Like, can we love each other enough in the house of God to have these conversations, number one, with somebody else? And can we be mature enough to receive it? So really quickly, immature people, when they're confronted, they get defensive. Notice I'm saying they, because I'm trying to like make it like it's not me. We get defensive, we blame, we justify, and we excuse. We resist the process of transformation. But mature people say things like, even if they don't feel it in the moment, because it's always uncomfortable, mature people say, thank you for that feedback. I'll take some time to think about that. I'll pray about it. I'll chew on that. Thank you for loving me enough to have this conversation with me. And even if you feel that they're wrong and you're right, Pastor Mike said it on Sunday, there's opportunities to, you know, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. They may not have it all perfect the way they bring it to you, but can you allow the Holy Spirit to use the body of Christ to speak into your life, to sharpen you, to encourage you, to mature you, to transform you so that you can receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life? So church, can we commit to mature in this season? I wanna get into that building. I wanna go into the next season and the next stage as mature people of God that know how to do relationships, that know how to do marriage, that know how to do friendship, that are able to actually receive because we've gone through a process of transformation. 
And point number three, this is where we end. To receive the new wine, we must have friendship with the Holy Spirit. And I feel like it's become the theme of the service tonight where I feel the Holy Spirit is actually doing a deep work in us. And this is a holy moment. This isn't just like a self-help talk of how we can be better, but this is like a breakthrough moment where the power of God is here to transform us. And the new wine, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's Him saying, I'm doing a new thing. Can you see it? Do you see it? Like the scripture we read, I've already begun it. And the Holy Spirit, He's the helper. He's the teacher. He's the counselor. He's the friend. He's able to show us things and reveal things to us that we thought it was pressure. We thought it meant something bad was happening. We thought that like, oh my gosh, I can't take it anymore. But then we invite the Holy Spirit and he begins to show us. He begins to be like our trail guide as we're trying to navigate this process of transformation. And I can tell you, I had probably one of the most confronting conversations of my life maybe my life as a Christian, just last night. So fresh, real, and powerful. I was like, Holy Spirit, do you know I was gonna speak on this? So you wanted to give me a test the night before so that I would have to pass it if I wanted to you know, actually preach this word. But I knew God was giving me an opportunity to be flexible, to receive, to hear from the Holy Spirit. And it was, it was hard for me, it was very uncomfortable. And I had to put myself in a closet. I know it sounds very dramatic, but I'm doing it for illustration's sake. It, it actually happened, it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> but um, put myself in a closet it and say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Like I, this is very uncomfortable. I don't agree with this. And I don't feel like, you know, and I'm going through the defensive and the, all the stuff, but Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you show me what are you trying to do in my life? Because if you have allowed this moment in time to happen, it's because you're transforming me. You're doing something in me because you need me to be able to contain the new wine. And so 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 through 10 It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Holy Spirit for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So I wanna invite us to stand tonight because I feel like some of us are in a little bit of an obscure time where we're in transition. We're feeling pressure. We're feeling transformation. We're not really sure what God is doing, but it says the Holy Spirit, he shows us. So no, maybe we don't know what God is doing. We don't see it yet. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for ministry, for opportunities you're gonna step into that you could have never imagined for yourself. Like I said, six months from now, who are you gonna be? What is your family gonna look like? What, what, what things are you gonna step into that you could have never imagined for yourself? Like I have so much grace for people in the house of God where, you know, we, we get close and we see each other's shortcomings. We see each other's issues. We see the blind spots, right? But in six months time, if I held you to who you used to be when you had the old wineskin before the transformation, before the sharpening, before the uncomfortable conversations, how unfair would that be? You have become a completely new person. And so 
I just want us to imagine, like, what is God trying to do in our life? What is he doing in our businesses? What is he doing in our families, with our kids, in our friendships, with us personally? I feel like there's a deep work that is going on in a lot of us to get us out of who we used to be, out of old mindsets, out of our family of origin, of what we've always known, on the, um, out of the limitations that have been on us for our entire life and maybe generations before us. He's trying to get us out of those things and into the new, but we have to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so we're gonna go into singing another song um, and the song is called New Wine. Just, you know, Holy Spirit orchestrated it. Just kidding, I asked them to sing it. Um, but it's a really beautiful song and I wanna give us an opportunity to come to the altar tonight. And so just wherever you are, just come to the altar. If you feel like you need to do some business with the Holy Spirit, you need to unpack some things, you maybe need to leave some things on this altar, you need to say yes to the process of transformation, yes to the pressure to keep leaning in, to keep allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life. I want you to be brave and come to the altar tonight as we sing this song.
because this is where our lives are altered. This is where something shifts, something changes. It's supernatural. It doesn't make sense, but God is shifting some things tonight. And I feel there's a call tonight for those that feel called to the ministry. And we don't do this very often. And this is like, like I said, it's sacred. This is a safe place. If we could kind of part the Red Sea right here and make some room. Um, I want you to come to the front if you feel called to ministry. Maybe you're serving, but like, I mean, you feel called to the work of the ministry. You feel called to being a pastor, to being a teacher, to serving in God's house at a high level, maybe, or maybe just wave your hand at me so I can see who I'm praying for, because our altar is packed. Don't be shy, raise your hand. I've had to respond to this altar call. I used to say, I will never be a pastor ever again. That church hurt me. I never, I don't want that pressure. I don't want that stretch. I don't want that responsibility. And I had to raise my hand. And so this is a holy moment. God, I thank you for every person on these altars that are raising their hands saying, here I am, Lord, send me. And God, I thank you that you are healing some deep wounds from the past. I see many of us, we've been at other churches, We've served God in different ways in other seasons, and we just got a little off track. The pressure came, a person who wasn't perfect came into our life, and it sidelined us. And we've been sitting on the sidelines for too long. Right now, I call each and every individual into the purposes of God that you have for them. God, I thank you for the process of transformation that you are gonna lead them through, that you're, you have them in actually in this moment. That's why it's been rough. That's why it's been stretching. That's why it's felt uncomfortable because God is making you. He's transforming you. He's preparing you to step into leading others. And so God, I thank you right now. God, we just, through the laying on of hands, if you're standing next to someone with their hand raised, I want you to just lay your hands on them and begin to pray. If you've responded to this altar call, raise your hand nice and high so we know who to pray for if we're standing next to you. But God, right now through the laying on of hands, we declare that the fivefold ministry is coming to pass in their life in Jesus' name. That they're gonna be pastors, teachers, preachers, evangelists, prophets, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be deposited in their life even now as we pray. That the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. Right now, as the believers pray, spiritual gifts are being transferred into your life. You're becoming someone you never could imagine you would be. If you've sat in the seats and you've watched somebody on the stage ministering, telling their testimony, worshiping, leading, discipling, and you've said, I could never do that, but you know that God is calling you right now. I declare that, that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that no process of transformation of time and pressure and expansion will take you out, but it will actually propel you in to the place that God has prepared for you. You know, in the book of Samuel, where the prophet Samuel goes, or is it 1 Kings? Well, when David is called and anointed to be king, 
the prophet comes and he's saying, I'm here to anoint the next king. And nobody looked the part. All the other brothers were lined up and they looked strong and they looked like this is gonna be the next leader on the outside. This is the person that looks like they're made for the job. But the prophet Samuel, he had the Holy Spirit. He could discern what was God and what was man. And he said, there's gotta be somebody else here because none of these guys are the one that the Lord has sent me to anoint. And they're like, well, there's this random son out with the sheep. He's a little bit weird. He's, you know, a half brother. And we're not going to talk about the drama of that family situation, but he's definitely not the one who's called for this, you know, major calling to be the king of Israel. But he brings him in and he, the, the prophet says, that's the one. That's the one. And there's some of us in here that we feel that we don't fit the part or we feel like we're disqualified because of something in our history or something in us that, well, we're not like so-and-so and and we're not like so-and-so and and how could God ever use me? But I wanna tell you tonight by the Spirit of God that when God comes looking for you, no man can hide you. No situation can hide you. No positioning, you might be out in the field. You might feel like, well, I'm not up front and I'm not you know, doing all the right things. But if God comes looking for you, there is nothing, no man that can hide you from the anointing and the calling of God. Kenan, there is no man that can hide you. The anointing that's on your life, it cannot be hidden. Just like you can't light a lamp and put it under the basket, the basket would catch on fire because that anointing is so strong. And so I call you out into the purposes of God in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every enemy. I rebuke every stronghold. I rebuke every trauma. I rebuke anything that has come to bring an assault on the assignment of God that is on your life right now. Just like we sing that song, something's gonna break. Something is breaking over your life. Something is breaking. And even as Jesus, he didn't step into his ministry until the later portion of his life. Like, you haven't missed it. You haven't missed the moment. The, your prime hasn't, hasn't happened. You haven't peaked. But the greatest days of the anointing that is on your life is about to flow out of you. You are about to step into the greatest days, the greatest miracles, the greatest signs, the greatest wonders, and the pressure that you've been under is to bring out the new wine. And so God, I thank you for a flow of that new wine in her life. You've never been hidden. You've never been overlooked. You've never been unseen, but God has been keeping you and preserving you for such a time as this. And Annika, I wanna pray for you. Um, The Lord told me before we came tonight, You know, you're the director of our theater program, but you're not just meant to direct shows. You are actually called to carry a mantle. And a mantle is heavy, a mantle is weighty, and a mantle is something in the spirit when you're carrying it, other people don't always know, they don't always see it, they don't always get it, they can't see what you see. But I thank you, God, for the mantle that is on this woman of God, Lord, to disrupt fears of culture that many people, they're not, they're not called to it, they're not equipped for it, they're not competent in these areas, but you have raised her up and you have put her through the refiner's fire. God, you have put her on the potter's wheel. And it felt like at times there was like a starting over where the potter like throws the lump of clay back on the, the wheel and you're like, didn't we already do this? Didn't we already go this route? Like, why are we starting over? But God has a mantle for you to carry that he needed you to be strong enough He needed you to be mature enough. He needed you to be a big enough person to step through the doors and sit at the table.
tables that he's gonna call you to. He's gonna bring a new wine into your life. And I hear him saying he's giving you a new blueprint. So how you're gonna do this next season and the greater things in the arts and entertainment sphere, it's not gonna be with the blueprint you did Hero and that you did Twisted and that you did Night of Christmas. It is new wine and you are a new wine skin and you are ready to receive the new wine. It won't break you, it won't bend you you will not lose the anointing that God has put on your life. We call it out tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And I want to pray for you guys because the Holy Spirit highlighted you to me. And do you guys own a business? Yeah, no, no. Is that something that's ever been in your heart? It's always been in your heart. So you had a business, you've gone through some things and you've gone through some pain in some businesses and some things. Well, the Holy Spirit showed me that you are called to be an industry leader. You're called to be a business owner. And I, I don't know what that'll look like. I'm not telling you need to go quit your job and go run off and do something. But if that's something that's been in your heart, I felt the Holy Spirit confirming that it's never too late. It's never too late. He can pick up every piece that's been broken along the way. He can put it back together better than before. You have been refined. You have You've gone through tremendous pressure and you have not yielded. You have not pulled back. You have not stepped out. It would have been easy to run. It would have been easy to hide. It would have been easy to step back. But God's saying, step forward. There's a verse, and I can't think of the reference, but it says the latter days will be greater than the former days. So the latter days of your financial influence, of the, the funds that you, you like have vision to do things for the kingdom with finances, and he says the latter days will be greater than the former days. What happened then was just a little like preview of what God wants to do. And so tonight we confirm that word. God, I thank you for a mantle of prosperity, of wealth creation to come upon them. God, we thank you for the wisdom. We thank you for the right people at the right time. God, that you're gonna put them in the right place at the right time. And because of this word and because of faith, and the Spirit of God that is in them, they're gonna be able to discern this is the new wine. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what you have prepared us for and you're ready. You are a new wineskin. And the same word, it's not gonna crush you, it's not gonna break you, but God is gonna give you the blueprint to sustain and to preserve this blessing that's gonna come upon your life. So we amen it, we declare it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.